0: It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics, with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing, because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the crime room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for, it's all right, cause I'm all set for, it's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, podcast are busy and distracted. Catholics will be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. I like your shirt today, Jeff.
1: Well, thank you. It's <laughs> because it has whales on it for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> and earlier Scott complimented my shirt, and I forgot to make that joke, and so I made him do it again later.
0: And our guest today is Father Christian Rab. How are you, Father? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Back and from here.
2: Vietnam. Mm-hmm.
1: We can reach out and touch you. This is yeah.
2: Great. I've never been in the studio before, and it's a, it's studio. a dream
1: come it's a dream come true.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a dream come true. I get to see where the sausage is made. That's awesome. It
1: is a dream come true for us. We have seen you in. Many forms we've seen you in your room at St. Meinrad, we've seen you at St. Joseph's, we've seen you sitting in the middle of your yard in the dead of winter mm-hmm. with your hood pulled up over your head. We
2: and we were talking earlier that this this might be the first time that you and I have ever seen each
0: other in person, in person. yes, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I and we gave I, you the, the shortest chair just as a power yeah, move. Sorry, good. Sorry, if
1: right. I recall. We, you started in on the show because, uh, per the recommendation of Father Peter Marshall, oh, he gave me your name and told me I should reach out. Now we you know who to a, blame. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that you would be a good guest uh, of the podcast. And so and he was yeah. not wrong.
2: Okay. Thanks
0: yeah. for coming. Peter's an old friend, so that's oh. good. He is old. He is he old. Is old.
1: <laughs> we can all admit that. Well,
0: yes. Do you know that Father Peter and I have the same birthday? Do you really? We do. A few years apart, though. A few years apart. He is old. <laughs> Decades. Decades. <laughs> well, there was a time. Whether or se- not I get a phone call th- won't th- be. There a was good a time, time in
2: seminary where I think I was like thirty-two or something, and he was like thirty-four, and it, we had it was his birthday, and we kept joking about. Now you're in your mid thirties. <laughs> I remember that so well. I feel
1: I, I have not known Father Peter that as long as you, but I feel that Father Peter has been like a sixty five year old man probably since he was like fourteen. Like I just think that he just he just embraces it, lives it. He's probably right now just going, really, guys.
2: Really? Yeah, uh, if you're listening, listening, Father Peter, we love you.
1: We do you don't, so indeed. You don't think he's listening?
2: We'll find out if we get a phone call.
1: Yes, we will.
0: All right, We're ready for the two minute drill?
1: Of course, always ready. Okay. Uh, it is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Michael Jordan Sunday.
0: Hey. Yeah. It'll be the third year we've made that joke.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, that's why I made it again. I felt <laughs> I like I got to stick with
0: it. He's the, Back goat. To the archives. Um,
1: also, if we want to really get into like repeated uh, themes, this, this first reading talks about uh, the Lord is talking to Ezekiel and says he's appointed as the watchman. And I think we did a whole thing on who watches the Watchmen mm. one time in the past on the podcast, but yeah. I'm gonna skip past that now. We'll link but anyway, it,
0: link it down in the show notes. Yeah,
1: it'll li- be linked to the past episode in the show notes. Um, like, subscribe, ring the bell,
0: uh, smash the notification,
1: <laughs> smash that notification button. <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> G- or the Lord is talking to Ezekiel here, and he says he's appointing him the Watchman. So what he's telling him is like, I. You're going to know what's happening. I'm going to tell you ahead of time, but your job is to warn people. Your job is to prepare them. Your job is to warn them against the, their wicked ways and the, and the things that they do. Because if you don't warn them, you will be responsible for their death. You will be responsible for uh, the guilt that comes with them, uh, the wickedness that comes upon them. But if you do warn them, you're safe and you're covered. So he's the watchman watch out, but you got to give everybody a heads up. Our sponsor of Psalm today, full on banger. And I'm so excited. We haven't had like a re like, we've had some bangers here in the past, but not yeah. like a real good banger. But like, if today you hear his voice harden, not your hearts, all caps, all caps banger. Yes. Very excited for it. Um, second reading is Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, and Paul says, he's saying all you need is love, which I don't think is what he <laughs> means, but, uh, Owe nothing to anyone except love, except to love one another. And then he goes through all of the commandments that have to do with love and owing that love to one another. And he says that love does no evil to the neighbor. Hence, love is fulfillment of this law that we owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. And then our gospel reading, the gospel is uh, Matthew chapter 18, 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him, his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of the two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen, even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them.
0: All right. Good job. That was awesome, Jeff. Hey, thanks. Thanks for doing that. Did Jeff get anything wrong, Father? It sounded really good. It sounded,
1: <laughs> did you pay <laughs> attention at all?
0: <laughs> you did a great job. You did great job. We haven't got any...
1: I haven't been heretical in a while. No, Maybe I'm getting better at this.
0: You throw, throw a couple of uh, cur- curveballs in there.
1: I am. I'm going to just start making things up, see if the priests are listening.
0: That probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> that just came through your nose. <laughs> a lot of, I mean,
2: I, I, I'll just speak for myself. I'm usually like thinking ahead. Okay, what am I going to talk about? What yep. am I going to talk about? <laughs> That's
1: my two-minute drills usually when you're prepping for <laughs> the
0: podcast. how uh, has, Have you ever been at the parish and someone was like, listen, Father, I – I I talked to Frank directly, and he didn't listen to me. I I brought Janet with me to to talk to Frank. Yep. didn't listen to me. Coming to you now, Father. I need some help.
1: Dear church, Frank has been bad.
2: Uh, No. No. I've never been in this situation uh, where somebody has gone through the first two steps of what Jesus says we should do. And now they're ready for the third that has not happened to me.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a situation <laughs> where you're like, well, did you talk to Frank? Yes.
2: <laughs> Many times. Oh, so usually
1: it's the skipping of the two, first two and they're just coming to you.
0: No, I'm saying that I haven't
2: Oh, been in that situation. Well, Oh, I see what you mean. Like yeah. out of order. Yeah. 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 Where they come straight?
1: Yeah. Well, which at that point feels a little more like gossip than it does like, Well, Father, did you know that?
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because I, I mean, when people come to me, I'm I'm not the pastor, as we like to be very clear about. So, um, not the pastor. (laughs) You know, it's it's not necessarily coming as an official. You know, they're not filing a complaint. Uh, People come to talk to me as part of a process. Usually, like I'm in a conflict. How should I handle this? Mm -hmm. So they're looking for some kind of guidance or feedback about what to do because they're having trouble with somebody. And so that's where I think I would maybe get, and that's in the parish, I think that was also true when I was on formation staff in the seminary, not unusual at all for (laughs) seminarians to have trouble Mm. with each other or with the seminary administration, whatever, and so they would, you know they would come to you and say well i'm having some difficulty how should i handle it so you, you kind of come in early in the process as a mentor of some kind but um i think the gospel and the you know the readings are are interesting because they are inviting us to think about fraternal correction uh, It's is a term we often use for this uh and i, I think it's maybe part of what it means to be a disciple that a lot of people have a lot of discomfort around, um, to speak very generally of, of, you know, being a confessor, um, you know, it's it's not unusual at all for, for people to say something along the lines of, you know, so-and-so was doing something and I didn't like it. <laughs> and, And so... If
1: that was the case, we wouldn't even and I, Well, and then, you know, I think,
2: <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's not a sin. <laughs> it's not a sin. But I think for a lot of Christians, we, I, there's some kind of wiring we've gotten along the way that w- we're never allowed to disagree or have a conflict mm-hmm. or, di- you know, dislike something that somebody else is doing. And if we do, that's... It's somehow a sin on my part. And um I think the, the the scriptures are actually inviting us to something else which is part of discipleship, which is actually my job sometimes as a Christian, or or what what love may call me to, is um uh, fraternal correction to challenge or let somebody else know when, uh, they're doing something that isn't good for them or isn't good for me or isn't good for somebody else. And, um, I think we, a lot of us struggle with that and it's good to be reminded that that could be
0: part of what we're called to do as a disciple. Um, so, so it could almost be worse to not do anything at all
2: can be. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of what
0: the first reading is saying.
2: yeah, Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, two of the spiritual works of mercy are admonish the sinner and instruct the ignorant. And so, you know, if we close our eyes always, or, or don't just ignore every, every bad thing around us that we see happening, that could be a sin of omission, you know, especially if, I have a kind of relationship with somebody that is particularly one where it's my duty to hold them accountable. So a parent to a child, it could be uh, a brother, sister, you know, family in that Mm -hmm. direction. It could be coworkers, you know, but particularly if I have a relationship with somebody where I have some kind of duty you know, to hold that. I think it could be a sin of omission if we don't say anything. But, um, well, one thing I would say is uh, St. Augustine has this thing called just war theory.
1: Oh yeah, big fan. And
2: I actually think it, it's an interesting to apply it to fraternal correction. Mm. Okay. Because one of the principles of just war theory is. you have to have some expectation of being able to succeed. And if, if you, if you don't, if you can't succeed, then
0: you let it go. And so I think, can you give an example of that? Well, I'm not familiar with the just words. I think in,
1: in the idea being like in a war, If you are making a decision to go to war and, like, take people into war, if you don't have any reasonable – even if you feel you're right and correct, if Mm -hmm. you can't win that war, you should not enter it.
2: Got it. Right.
1: Because then you're just sacrificing. You're
2: just getting people killed. Okay. And I think in terms of interpersonal conflict, you know, if – for example, let's say you have somebody who you know is much older Uh, they're absolutely set in their ways. Uh, maybe, you know, you have tried before to challenge them and they, nothing's come of it. I don't, I think you're relieved from the responsibility of bringing this up with them every time you see it, Mm -hmm. because, uh, your, your expectation of success is really minimal. (laughs) And you, and you, and then I think you have to ask yourself the question like, well, who is this for? right? Yeah. Who is this for? Am I, am I just correcting them so that I get this off my conscience and I feel better that I've said something? I think if that's all that's going to be accomplished, it's, it's not a very worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. It, it has to have some, uh, you should have some good strategy for success rather than just thinking, I need to say this so that i feel better about myself you have to have some good strategy for success
1: especially because you also have to have some concept of what what are other results that are yes this may yeah. I may check this box off for myself and say right. to feel better but right what what else is happening yeah. as a result of that like you said if it's yeah. That same person that you're just hammering yeah. the same thing
2: over and over. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I'm just, I'm like, if I could play in my imagination and think, okay, I have a kid who's picking their nose all the time and I know it's not good. It's not, you know, it doesn't look good. It's going to make people think they're weird, et cetera. I could tell what, if I'm just telling them every day to stop picking their nose because I want to, I want to feel like I did my duty. Well, It'd be much better if you could, your goal wasn't just to feel like you'd done your duty. Yeah. Your goal should be, what do I need to say to actually make a difference and make a behavior change? Mm. Because I think a lot of times people just say things to make themselves feel better. We see that a lot on the internet too, where people shout at each other like they make these, you know, big principled statements but they're really not affecting anybody else. And I think sometimes they're only doing it so that they can feel better. They, they have some sense, well, I said something. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to what end? You know?
1: Yeah, because oftentimes <laughs> it's say something and then log off. Yeah. And I'm out.
2: Yeah.
0: Then, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't actually want to engage in conversation right. or yeah. correction. Just yeah. say the thing I want to say. So, I mean, real for like real, to make a public
0: real, statement. Yeah. About. Like,
2: true fraternal cor- correction needs to be done in love and so the real goal of it is to help the person change mm-hmm. not to make me feel better for having said something
1: yeah that makes sense
0: yeah um okay did we, did I get you on a tangent about the, I don't know. the uh the just war theory or was there a part oh, was there a well, part two Before I was talking about the just war theory, I was thinking about how
2: people, you know, sometimes they confess.
1: Things that are not sins.
2: Yeah, they confess that they're upset by sin, but that's not a sin. I think it's St. John Chrysostom who said, if you're not angry about something that should make you angry, that's actually a sin. Because it, you're not angry about yeah, something
0: that makes you angry. That, that should, should that should make you, make you angry.
2: angry, got it it's a sin because we really actually should have a pushback reaction hmm. to injustices in the world and and if 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 it's not making you angry uh, that could be a sign of apathy hmm. of callousness of indifference, and so you now there's anger and there's wrath and those are two different things the the goal of anger what we might call righteous indignation a good form of anger the goal of that is justice the the goal of wrath is violence and punishment or something like that so you know that's that when we talk about anger as one of the deadly sins we're really talking about wrath when, when instead of, we lose sight of the goal of justice and we replace that goal with, um, wanting to see somebody else hurt.
0: Mm. Got it.
2: And, and so our hearts become warped in that kind of yearning to see the other pay. Yeah. And that's, that's different from wanting to see a wrong righted.
0: Yeah. So good.
1: Yes. It did, this is dumb things in my brain, but it made me think when we started talking about, like, hearing things in confession that one of my favorite little things I see on Twitter is when people will tweet out, like, themselves in confession saying some odd thing to the priest and the priest being like, again, <laughs> yeah. again, yeah. weird, but, uh, but not, not a sin. sin. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen those. Those
2: like, are funny. Those are funny. I like those, too. Like,
1: Father, yeah. my, my butt touched the pew three times. During <laughs> yeah.
2: <my personal laughs> again, confession. weird, but not a sin. I've seen those, too. So, um, anyway, well, maybe if I can just like put a bow on this thought, um, I, I think what I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to address some of these things when I, when I preach this weekend, but, um, uh, somebody, I saw this pro-life speaker years ago, um, uh, and she said this thing that has kind of stuck with me and she said, when, when you're, when you're Correcting another person or challenging them, she said, "Love them, tell them the truth, and hope they make good decisions." Mm-hmm. And I have, I have repeated that to myself so many times, and I've shared that with other people, um, because I think we really do have to start from a place of love. And uh, I, I think the quickest way to get to that place of love is to pray for other people, um, to pray for the pray for your enemy. <laughs> Um, and not to pray necessarily that they will change or see things the way that I think they should see them, but just to pray for their supernatural happiness. And then, uh, because then I think that's a more pure form of love. And then to tell them the truth and then you have to have a good strategy for doing that. I'm not going to go into all those strategies. You can Google them. Um, but there are plenty of, like, good strategies for addressing people when you have a conflict. And then the final thing there was to, to um, hope they make good decisions. And I, I always think that's really good, too, because it means, okay, love them, say what you need to say, but then you have to kind of let go of it. And, you know, you surrender to the virtue of hope. You, you hope they make good decisions. You let it go. Um, now, that might be different. I realize that, you know, in some of these relationships, we may have to continue to work with people for a long time on certain issues. But I just, I think that that's a threefold pattern that has helped me a lot. So that's, that's. Uh,
1: that was a good bow. That's. that's that, I feel like I just wrote that down. I feel like that's great advice for me to give my kids mm-hmm. for like in, in a world of encountering even just in the world of just kids being kids, mm-hmm. but bullying and people being mean and people yeah. like I, I had a conversation with my daughter the other day where she was expressing like, you know, if I see, if I'm hanging out with friends and they start getting into drama or they're talking mm-hmm. about somebody or the, she's like, I, I really don't know. Sometimes like, I know that just standing there and not doing anything is not the right thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know whether the right thing is to say something or whether the right thing is mm-hmm. to walk away. If I do say something, am I going to be the one that mm-hmm. gets made fun of? Like all this stuff. Like, I feel like this gives, I don't know that this mm-hmm. is full on the answer, but it gives some direction of yeah. like that idea of, yeah. Cause our correction and telling somebody the truth should come out of love right, and care, not out of, wanting to prove that we're right, right, not wanting to, you know, because yeah. if you want them to make good decisions, you're probably not going to commit. Like it's very rarely ever worked to just scream it at somebody. Right. And then be like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, as a parent, I very much yeah. know that.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So I, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. I do feel like there's, a. I don't know if it's like a personality thing, but it, it seems like some people are more adverse to conflict mm-hmm. than, than others, I don't know if that's necessarily situational or just not wanting to feel comfortable. But I feel like the gospel here almost gives us a, a, a formula to to handle conflict in a way that isn't super threatening mm. to, and allows us to have like around here we 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 like to say that like healthy conflict in business is good. Mm-hmm. Like we our leadership team often talks about like when we have you know, harder conversations, we're going to thrive on open, honest and vulnerable conversations to lead us where we want to go. And that's not always going to make people the happiest. But Mm -hmm. the end result of that has always been in a positive manner in coming through. And, you know, much stronger than when we we came in. But I feel like that can be applied in a lot of social fraternal situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Ready for some dumb questions? I am. And we have, we have a listener write in one, right? Do you have that do, pulled up or do you, you have, have it
1: pulled up? Uh, this is our, our dumb question submission from, uh, I, I don't know how to say her name. Amanda
0: DeRoshi, I believe. There you go. Who it was DeRoshi,
1: from? Or DeRoach. DeRoshi, for sure. DeRoshi, there you go. Uh, Amanda asks When you listen to the recording of the daily readings, for example, in USCCB, they don't say Alleluia, the gospel acclamation. Is there a reason for that? Can it only be said inside the mass itself? Thanks. If the answer is it can only be said inside the mass itself, our podcast is in trouble because we throw out a lot of hallelujahs. hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Yeah. Um, this sounds like a father Peter question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, that's a father
1: Andy Cyberg answer. <laughs> I don't um, know.
2: <laughs> I think, I do think it says somewhere that, um, the, so, for for example, for a number of the sequences, mm-hmm. it says you love a good sequence. It says something like this should be sung or not said, mm. and I think it does say this also about the Alleluia. Um, and so, really? a lot of times, if you go to Mass, <clears throat> the priest will just go straight into the Gospel without. I think, and somebody may have to correct me, but like when we'll hear from, I'm sure they will. If you go up and say, alleluia, alleluia, and the people say, alleluia, alleluia, I, I think that's actually wrong with, um, with that amount of vigor and that
1: you said it exactly like I've heard it multiple uh, times.
2: I think you're supposed to either sing it or, or not say it. I think that's right. I'd love to
0: hear that. And so. Um, Definitive answer on that. Probably on the USCCB,
2: they they don't have somebody to sing it, so they're just saying it, saying no. the they're going they're skipping it.
1: Amanda, I think the answer is maybe you should volunteer to sing it for the USCCB. Either
2: that, but I guess they also the answer they just is it's optional, right? They want to cut a minute off their podcast, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is,
0: it is, the, is the answer that it's optional though? Like even, yeah. Well, at the very least it's optional. Yeah. Okay.
1: In yeah. any mass the the alleluia uh, no, Not d- I
2: think not during Easter. Uh oh my gosh, I'm going to get so much These oh. I'm not if I'm not I'm not your germ guy if you're, I don't a a know these and things.
1: you're listening, please <laughs> drop it in the comments. <laughs> please let us know, reach out to us and we'll make corrections <laughs> on next week's podcast for Father Christian. Um I don't know who we have next week, but maybe we'll ask them. Yeah. I'll uh, um, probably
2: give you a much better answer.
1: Alright, uh, the only other guy. thing I wrote I'm not I'm a not germ guy
2: <laughs> If people don't know what the germ is It's the General Instructions of the Roman uh, Missal I drop
1: the term germ on this podcast all oh, the do time you? No <laughs> good
2: <deal>. uh, General <laughs> Instruction of the Roman Missile, Which is the accompanying document That we're, has all the rules in it Not a big rule guy over here Yeah,
1: we have Father Patrick Hyde <laughs> on next week So we'll ask
2: him he would be great to answer that question
1: I mean, Dominicans Dominicans, do they, they always know the rules What do they know? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, the other thing I wrote down here is good morning, Vietnam. Oh yeah. Cause you just took a trip to Vietnam, huh. which like I've heard beautiful things and I, and, and I've often, that's one of those countries on a list that people have always told me that, like anyone I know who's ever been there has said, if you can ever find a way to get to Vietnam, get there. You've got go to go to Vietnam. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, But you actually went, Uh and I'm assuming not just for fun.
0: No, I went – Did I see you uh, feed a bull on the internet? I I
2: was talking to a water buffalo. Okay. Yeah.
1: Chatting with a water buffalo in Vietnam.
2: Yeah. But uh, we have Vietnamese seminarians at St. Minard, a number of them. And uh, a few of them just graduated. Two of them were ordained in the Diocese of Tan Hoa, Vietnam. (laughs) That's good pronunciation. I went to – their ordination, and can you tell us about it? How long were you there? I was there, actually, only about a week. But okay. it took me almost two days to get there and two days to get home. Wow. So it was more like a, a week and a half trip. Yeah. Um, but it was so awesome. It is it's one of the most in, um, encouraging experiences I've had of the church in a long in a long time. Uh, just because. Do tell. Well, the f- the faith is just very strong, very alive there. Um, you go to the, the go to the mass, and it's it's packed. Uh, every, people are singing, people are praying. Um, there, I don't know. There's so many little details that they put into the mass that lots of people have little roles that we don't necessarily ha- do. Mm-hmm. But like. Um, they have like kind of two server teams, uh, a boy team and a girl team. The boy team does most of the stuff of the, around the altar, but the girl team, uh, when it's time to bring up the gifts, they, they go out with candles uh, all the way down, and then they escort whoever's bringing back the gifts in this kind of candlelit procession, and then they, they help dress the altar. and It's, it's just really neat. And then... Um, like at the procession into Mass, they have a brass band and a 15 foot tall drum. And they have this like guy who climbs up the drum to like bang on the drum while you're <laughs> processing really? into Mass. And this is really cool. Um, you well, know, cause because you would
1: have also celebrated Mass over there. I
2: did. That's the, awesome. The Diocese of Tanois is, you know, it's not necessarily one of their big dioceses, but. They're ordaining twelve guys a year. They wow. have five hundred sisters in the diocese. Wow! Um, they just
1: how Catholic is Vietnam?
2: Only six percent. Wow! Yeah, and uh, but growing, it sounds like. I think growing, um, and it's just very, it's very encouraging. Because, and I, I'm sure they have their own problems that I. Mm-hmm was blissfully aware, unaware of, but if, you know, from kind of just where I stood, every th- the, the church just looked very alive hmm. and it doesn't surprise me that we currently have 1000 Vietnamese priests serving as missionaries in the United States. Really? Um, and you know, it's, it's not, it's not hard to see why.
1: So they're in a, in a country where only 6% are cat, like they have way more priests than they Yeah. know what to do with. Yeah. What a weird thing.
2: They're, they're, they're exporting their priests. Um, and we're benefiting from it, you know, because I mean, I, yeah, it, they, it's great to just see a place that God is working and that you could say, Oh, you know, this is a place from which the faith can be shared and spread. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of times in the West, we have a sense of decline. And it was quite the opposite. Did you get a sense of
0: of why uh, they have so many vocations to the priesthood there? Like, is there something they're doing that's fostering more vocations than? You know, I I I don't think I was there long enough to know. You know,
2: I certainly, you know, the. The material resources are less now. Sometimes people, sort of skeptics outside the church, you know, they look at that and they immediately say, "Well, see, that you know, they're just doing that. People are going to vocations because it's a way to get ahead, Mm. you know, or it's a way to get an education, it's a way to have a, a salary." But I think that that kind of simple, simpler living. It 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 nurtures certain values, and it also makes you face certain existential questions that you can't escape from, and that that's the what results in vocations just as much as mm-hmm. people trying to get ahead. You know, I think I think the the tightness tight knit families, um, the tight knit parish, which is really a center of people's lives, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't see people's heads buried in phones. You know, I don't necessarily want to make phones of bad guys all the time, but it was, it was pretty refresh refreshing to be in a place yeah. <laughs> where that wasn't going on, you know? So it just, i was really inspired by visiting there. And, uh, of course there's all the other things you hear about the physical beauty of the place, the, the food, uh, wonderful food. But what really struck me was the f- the living faith of the people was just really wonderful and kind and contagious. And, uh, so as a kind of pilgrimage, you know, I feel like I got more out of that than necessarily going to see relics in a church yeah, in yeah, Europe, yeah. you know,
1: no, there, I mean, at a microcosm, right? Like you often will hear stories of like a parish parishes that have a vibrant community and an Mm -hmm. active community. And you see that you see vocations go up Mm -hmm. there, right? You see the number, like it's, we see it in our own diocese. You see it all that there are certain parishes where when you have a vibrant pastor and a vibrant community and engagement and the people love their faith and they love their church and they're excited about it. Weird that that fosters a vocation, Right. right? That And when you have parishes that aren't necessarily feeling that same way, it's not as appealing yeah. and it's not like it, I, I have always been a, of the mindset of like, I don't think God's calling less people. I think less people are being put in a spot to hear that call. Yes. So it doesn't surprise me to hear like, if you have that vibrancy and that yeah. excitement, that living faith, then of course, like I imagine that's a community that's ecstatic every time there's a priest who oh. wants a, who comes from their parish and every time, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. So oh. the parties for the new priests were just, Fabulous. That's awesome. Fabulous.
0: Yeah. So you've been in seminary formation for how long? Ten years? Uh, Not quite. I guess 2014. Okay. Nine years. Almost. Do you have a favorite seminarian? Sure. (laughs) What's his name? I'll never tell you. (laughs) Come on. I didn't ask your least favorite. Is his
1: current title father? (laughs)
2: I I I just answered yes as kind of knee jerk. <laughs> um, I, I don't but you know. absolutely
1: do. I I used to always tell this when people said, as a teacher, they're like, yeah. you don't have a favorite student. I'm like, any teacher tells you they don't have favorite students is lying to your face. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely have probably had favorites over the years, but I I always remember this um, this dad I used to know who had a, a bunch of kids, like nine kids, and. He Every time he talked about one of his kids, he would say, you know, she's my favorite. He's my favorite. <laughs> and he always sounded like totally sincere. I think for him, instead of saying, you know, I don't have favorites, it was better to think of them all as my favorite and sort of find a way that they were your favorite. Um,
1: yeah, but there's no way you think of all the guys you've taught favorite. Yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> I've had a few
2: that it would be very hard to put on that list. <laughs> So very, very hard. Any I d- of our guests? I do have some that have been some, some great people and, you know, it's great when they get ordained and then, you know, you can become friends with them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Uh, I have one last dumb question. I know we've gone long, but oh, that's right.
2: this, uh, mine okay. didn't always go long. I talk too much. No, I don't it's think it's because so. we
1: enjoy it. Li- we cut you off if mm. we don't enjoy it. Uh, here's my question for you. Uh, you, I think we've had this conversation before, but it recently came up where I need some clarification. You are Father Christian. Mm-hmm. You're also a brother. Um, yeah. Do you get to just choose which title you go by in that scenario, or is there like a requirement, or is there just like uh, this is kind of the? I asked this question because well, you, don't,
0: you you carry the title brother. No, I mean
2: I You're would. You're still a monk. I would say I am. a I have been that I am a brother of my brother monks. Yes. Um I'm in a different way I would say I have brother priests. We often refer yeah. to that. And so I feel like a brother priest even to the diocesan priests.
1: But if you weren't ordained a priest, mm-hmm. you would be brother Christian. I would be right? called
2: brother Christian.
1: And that's what like people would formally refer to you as. Yeah.
2: But as a priest I would say it's very unusual that somebody I mean Tip, our custom at St. Minor is if you're yeah. a priest, the public calls you father.
1: That may clarify this because the, I, the recent encounter I had was a Franciscan. But it was a, the question was I know that this Franciscan is ordained; they were a priest, and I overheard a situation where somebody referred to them as brother. And I and I just went to that person later and said, Hey, you should probably refer to him as father because he's ordained. And they said, No, we had a conversation with him about this thing that we're doing. And he asked specifically to be referred okay. to as brother. He didn't want to be referred to as father. And so,
2: yeah, I, I that's not really our if custom. If but
1: your answer is just eh, Franciscans, who knows? Well,
2: <laughs> I would just say, I, I do have a few people who will refer to me as brother Christian. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. And I also have some Protestant friends and they have some discomfort with calling me father And I'm fine with them calling me brother Christian. Doesn't bother me. Um, So
1: there's not like a formal rule to it, but tradition.
2: Yeah, certainly at Saint Minard, our custom is the priests are called father. But I don't think any of our guys get upset really if yeah because we all kind of wear the same habit, and so a lot of times from people from the public don't know, and if they call you brother, none of us are going to get mad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, father. Father Christian, thank you mm-hmm. for joining us today. Thanks That's for awesome, having me. Thanks for coming up to Indianapolis. I love it. Being on the pod. This place is awesome. It's alright, cause, right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. Sunday